Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Okay, Brian, since we're old and Dave's not here, I guess it's time to get the obligatory health follow-up out of the out of the way. Okay. How 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 is the uh the fallout from the colonoscopy going? Y'all better? Um, yeah, I mean I feel pretty good, really. Um I have to start a short uh routine of of chemotherapy that they want to do kind of just like mopping up and making sure that nothing is has been left behind and will bite me <laughs> bite me in the ass uh, <laughs> in the future so uh, I'll start that in like 2 weeks and it's a it's about a 3 month thing but most of it is done from home and uh, 2 weeks on 1 week off kind of thing and I've heard it's not pleasant even even at the uh, lower levels but uh, it is what it is it's it's what the doctors say to do to to make sure I'm going to be okay so I'm going to do it and that's that. And hopefully after that, it's just, uh, you know, they'll I'll have pretty regular checkups uh, uh, just to monitor things. You know, they'll do the scans, making sure I don't have any appearances of cancer anywhere else. And I'll be on a pretty regular colonoscopy uh, schedule. And, uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> that's All about right. it, really. So I, I should be around for an awful long time. Okay. Okay, well, that's good. That's yeah. good. I I like the the whole chemo at home thing. Is <laughs> well, you know, pandemic work from home now. You know, medical care at home apparently. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> Here's your chemo self install kit from Verizon. Yeah, it's funny they give you they give you the pills and they're basically like, uh, do not let anyone touch these. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> they give yeah. you a cup to like dump them into, and then you just take them from the cup and like keep them away. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> like the, I can just imagine, just picture the Homer Simpson outfit. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Black pill so, flying around. So yeah, that's uh, that's me. I'm I'm all right. All right, good, good. Yeah. Um, as many people who listen to this show know that for I don't know my entire life I've been basically a raging alcoholic. So I'm actually getting treatment for that now. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I'm just mentioning this cause I, I do AA meetings for several hours a day nowadays. And, right. um, I keep getting phone calls at the same exact time every night from our friend, Dr. Teeter and, uh, and several other people who, who want to call and check in and say hi and do things. I just want to tell everybody, stop calling me in the evening. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Teeter, Teeter texted me last night. He's like, stop being an asshat and pick up the phone. I'm like, I'm in a fucking meeting. I can't. And then by the time I you know, check my phone in the morning. I got all these angry messages. So sorry, everybody. I'm taking care of my health. Isn't so. it great that when you're at an AA meeting, you're getting uh, drunk dialed by your friends? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm like, come on. <laughs> come on. I can't lose. I can't win. But uh, 64 days sober. So that's fun. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. But yeah, stop calling me at night, people. Call me during the day like, you know, normal folks, I guess. Or text like a regular human. Well, I can't even text. I turn my phone off. I mean, like it's <laughs> it's in my pocket. Things are off. Leave me alone. Even when I'm on Zoom, because most of my meetings are on Zoom. Mm -hmm. But uh, in in the in the in person meetings, I actually leave my phone in the car. Oh, because... so you're doing AA from home? <laughs> I do AA from home. Yes, it's a brave yes. new world. It is. It is. I've done 120 plus Zoom meetings. <laughs> it's crazy. That's awesome. But, yeah, just don't do AA meetings from the bar. That's that's kind of good rule. Yeah, you're kind of not allowed to do that. Yeah, they ask they ask you to please refrain from that. <laughs> Although I think I have seen some people <laughs> piloted from the bar. I'm just testing my willpower, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which step is that? <laughs> God, I do have to say though, after going to all these meetings, I do have a much enhanced appreciation of the movie Fight Club. <laughs> there is some. There is a lot of like you go to a couple of meetings and there really is a lot to that movie that is nuanced that people who have not gone to meetings will not pick up on. But since you started going, it's like, oh, that movie just like completely opened up to me. And I was already a super fan of the movie. I've seen it over a hundred times, but now it's just like, oh man, I can go watch it again and again and get more out of it. It's you know, fun. it's funny you mentioned that. Well, not Fight Club specifically, but uh, Chuck Palahniuk, the author. I was actually. Uh, my kid's school had a book sale for to raise money for the school, and we were uh, all encouraged to drop off books, kids or adult books. Uh, and, you know, people would go and buy them, and all the money would go to the school. 
And I was going through all my stuff because I'm trying to pare it down because I don't have the space for massive libraries and kids stuff takes over the house and your life and everything. So I was like, all right, I got to get start getting rid of some of these. And I went through my entire, I have like almost every book that Palinuk has written. Uh, I had them all in hardcover because you, you go through that period, you know, as a mm -hmm. male in your 20s and 30s where that's very, very attractive to you yeah. if you're of a certain mind type. And, and I realized like, except for Fight Club, I don't recall anything about any of these books. And I just got rid of them all except for Fight Club. <laughs> okay. And Fight Club, I, I didn't even like the book. I didn't even care that much for the book. It's not bad. It's, it's the only one I felt like keeping. So. Now, there are a couple of them that I remember the stories from that I wish I could forget. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. When I started to read some of the blurbs, I was like, oh, no, I, I don't need this in my life anymore. It was a phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a phase for a lot of people. I think Choke was the last one I read, and right. that was enough. <laughs> that yeah. was enough. He um he did do a book where he talked about like his writing process and things like that. That was a pretty decent book, but mm -hmm. and I I paid for his Substack for a year, right? Which I really wish I wouldn't have done because <laughs> I've unsubscribed from it because it's like seven emails a day. I'm like, just stop, stop. It, it, if they were good, it would be even better. But I just did not really dig them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Give your money to somebody else. I think I. I I couldn't get a refund, but I did. I did uh, sign up for Molly White's newsletter. I paid her a year in advance because she at least doesn't write every single day, and when she does write, it's very well thought out and it is uh, informative, <laughs> not just entertaining. Right. But anyway, we got uh, a little bit of follow up before we dive into the actual show. Now that we've talked about the old man diseases, <laughs> um, I came across this post. I can't remember how I find it. Found it, but. Uh, uh, it's called uh, The Embedding Revolution with Anton Troynikov. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a podcast uh, and um, it's with this guy, Nathan LeBenz. And the thing about it, 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 it didn't really matter all that much. It's like they talk about some different open AI pricing and stuff like that. But what got me was today's, today we'll discuss AI doomerism and why we're not all going to die. Okay. Which got me on, I've never heard of the word doomerism. And I'm like, <laughs> that just, I, that just made my little black heart grow three times. I'm like, I love that word. I love that word. So then I did a little deep dive and I, it's you been know, a meme for a little bit about climate change. See, I didn't know that. I, I missed all the climate change memes because I gave up on climate change. We're all going to burn to death anyway. Fuck it. See, um, you're a, you're a, you're a doomer. That's what I mean. That's why I'm like, I, f I may have found my tribe. Mm -hmm. uh, so I looked up Doomer and it's been around since, I guess, 2008. Mm -hmm. And it came from 4chan of all places. Go figure. And As most things do these days. <laughs> yes, that's true. But I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia entry on Doomer. And uh, at the very end, it says alternatives to Doomerism include solar punk. Yeah. And I'm like, huh? Wait, what? solar punk what the fuck is solar punk so i did a little more deep dive on solar punk have you heard of solar punk before before i get into this that i had not heard of no okay i, I, I just assumed it meant uh, like people that really like industrial music but go dancing during the day instead of into dark isn't that coachella <laughs> pretty much okay <laughs> well not anymore coachella is now beyonce so oh Got it. Here we go. Solar punk is a literary and artistic movement that envisions and works towards actualizing a sustainable future interconnected with nature and community. The solar represents solar energy as a renewable energy source and an optimistic vision of the future. That's important. Optimistic vision of the future that rejects climate doomerism, while the punk, in quotes, refers to the countercultural post-capitalist and decolonial enthusiasm for creating such a future. Now, okay, cyberpunk and steampunk, those were kind of punk. Mm -hmm. Solar punk are just a bunch of fucking hippies, as far yeah, as I can they're, tell. They're, they're ain't, I don't think they understand what the word punk means. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and to clarify, I just I, I asked my good friend Chat GPT, I'm like, can you define the punk ethos for me? And it, it boiled it down to the punk attitude is about challenging the status quo, expressing, expressing oneself authentically and advocating for social and political change. That mm. part. That part is kind of mm. maybe just a little, but basically there a lot of advocating for social and political change as part of the initial punk movement that did come after. Though. Yeah, but still, it, basically, punk is fuck you. That's how yeah, that's how I that's define punk. Is. Punk is fuck you. <laughs> fuck the establishment. Fuck the man. You don't tell me what to do, period. Mm -hmm. 
And when I hear about an optimistic vision of the future, fuck you. That is not punk. Punk is not an optimistic vision of the future. Punk is breaking some glass. Come on. <laughs> that's what I that's what I have to say about that. So you can take your solar punk and have a just pour on a big dollop of doomerism, please. You know, as we've gotten older, I, I've come to accept the fact that uh, all the thing, all the words that we used to use, they have been reclaimed and recycled, and they don't mean the same thing anymore. Jason, we're we're old. Get off our solar punk lawns. In the news. Breaking news today out of Germany, Brian. Okay. GPT-4 is coming next week, and it will be. I don't know what this means. Multimodal. Okay. But I think I know what that means. But I think it's going to be cross uh, cross genres like text and pictures and images and all this shit. As they say here, uh, Andreas Braun, who is the CTO of Microsoft Germany, says that uh, GPT-4 is coming next week and it will be multimodal models. It will offer completely different possibilities. For example, videos. And they're calling it a game changer. Ooh. It's already okay. been a game changer. What the fuck? It, it's going to get changed. How's it going to change the game even more? But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to our GPT overlords coming next week. Yes, in multiple languages and with video. Can't wait. <laughs> Just what we need. <laughs> uh, more deep fakes with 42 fingers. Mm hmm. All right. And in just really makes me upset news. Police are prosecuting abortion seekers using their digital data and Facebook and Google help them to do that. And wow. We, who would have thought that was going to happen considering we talked about yeah. it in our security segment over two years ago? It's here now, finally. It's apparently <laughs> been here, but now it's really, really here. That's uh, fucking bullshit. It's really fucking bullshit. And what they're doing is they're dumping chat logs, like full on chat logs over to the police. And even if the thing that the police weren't looking for, they can find other things in there. It's like, you know, if they if you let a cop into your home I've and they're looking you. for drugs, but they find a stolen Renoir on the wall, they'll, they can arrest you for the Renoir. It's it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. And I know that these quote unquote companies, big social media companies have to hand over data when, you know, presented with an actual affidavit, um, you know, uh, subpoena from law enforcement, right? They got to do it. Do they really have to do it so well, though? <laughs> I, I mean, asking. there's only there's only one solution for this. They've got to do end to end encryption on all their stuff. And then they can actually say to agencies, sorry, don't have it. Yeah. Or to the other people who were doing this, get off fucking Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> use use a service that has end-to-end -end encryption or talk to people in person maybe don't put the shit on the internet we've, we've been telling you for what would you say brian two years that we've been yeah. saying that don't do this yeah. shit yeah don't well, don't uh don't organize your abortion through facebook messenger that would be a bad idea yeah and you know i go back to uh uh what's his name eric from google when he said uh you know hey if you don't have anything to hide well, you know what? Back then, people might not have had anything to hide, but laws change, which we're finding out for the worst sometimes. And then the things that weren't illegal yesterday are now illegal today. So yeah. just watch what the fuck you do on social media. Stop it with this shit. Well, somebody that's not going to have to worry about that at all is Sam Bakeman Freed. <laughs> uh, because the, uh, <laughs> the Justice Department basically wants to give him a, an old school Razor flip phone for the rest of uh, his life, and that's all he's going to be able to use anymore. Uh, in a letter seen by Bloomberg, prosecutors involved in his criminal case said Friday that Bankman Freed's lawyers had agreed to modify the terms of his bail agreement. Providing the judge overseeing the case agrees to the changes, he will be restricted to using a non-smartphone without internet connectivity. Unless a lawyer is present, he will also be forbidden from contacting current or former FTX and Alameda research employees, and he will not be able to use encrypted messaging apps, including Signal. So uh, this all comes about because he allegedly attempted to contact the general counsel of FTX's U.S. subsidiary over Signal at the start of the year. <laughs> I wonder Dumbass. what kind of conversation he was hoping to have there. Yeah, How really. The fuck do I get out of this? Um, <laughs> according to Bloomberg, District Judge Lewis Kaplan threatened to remove Bankman Freed's bail and send him to jail before the start of his trial after learning that the disgraced entrepreneur may have also influenced potential witnesses. So they've also banned him from using a VPN after his lawyer said he used one to watch a football game. Sure, that's the only thing he used that for. 
Yeah, it, 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 it's not just a football game. He said he needed it to watch the Super Bowl. The one thing that is the most widely available program ever deployed every year. He's like, oh, well, I need a VPN so I can go through. My... It's like, no, you don't, dude. You need rabbit ears. That's what you need. Yeah. You need a set of rabbit ears. Come on. Well, in addition to his razor, he will also be allowed a laptop and he will be allowed to surf the web, but his access would be filtered through a VPN that he isn't allowed to use. Okay. <laughs> I guess you can use this VPN that we've set up for you and we'll limit him to two categories of websites. One would include resources his defense team say are critical to his case. In other words, the internet. Yeah. And the other featuring a list of 23 websites he could use to order food, read the news, and watch streaming content like his beloved Super Bowl. I know. One of those 23 websites was not uh, web3isgoinggreat.com, which I really <laughs> think that they should put on that list. <laughs> I think so, too. We should lobby for this. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. No, it's always fun watching Molly just go go ballistic about this. Like, why is this guy not in jail? He's not a kid. He's an adult. He should mm -hmm. be in jail while awaiting trial. Yes. We're talking billions of dollars here. Come on. You know? And if you steal it's two good. cigarettes at 7-Eleven, you go to jail. But well, this guy can- Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Let me. He just wears black, uh, black hoodies. He's not black. Yes, it's black. Right. Black is how he feels on the inside, not the outside. <laughs> All right, Morrissey. I'm working on it now. Now that I saw that "How to Make a Smith Song in Under a Minute" last week, I'm really, <laughs> really getting into it. Uh, I saw this. This gets the uh, basically the award for best headline of the year: Elon Musk's compelling case for worst human of 2023 by Ethan Zuckerman, which. <laughs> is a fantastic uh, short read. It, it kind of centers around the debacle this week of Elon calling out Haldor Thor Thorleifson. Haldor yep. Thorleifson yep. Uh, basically is a guy who worked at Twitter who didn't know if he worked at Twitter anymore because they kind of turned off access to his his laptop, but there's no HR, so he couldn't tell anything. So, of course, he asks Twitter. He just goes to Twitter. Am and I Elon or not? <laughs> Elon does the most epic dick step on that we've ever seen. I mean, this puts everything he's done to shame and just called the guy lazy, said he was, you know, oh, if he's so disabled because he said he had a disability and like exposed his type. disability, which, by the yes. way, every HR lawyer in the in the world immediately went smelled blood. Oh, my God. They, <laughs> did they smell blood? You can't do that, Elon. You just can't do that. And and the funny thing is this guy is like well known for being an ambassador for disabilities. So fuck. <laughs> I watched this uh I watched this play out in real time. I have to say I've been very like uh down on social media and particularly Twitter. My enjoyment and what I get out of it is is mostly gone because most of the people that I like to follow have left and but boy it was all worth it just to watch this play out. <laughs> I know. I, I, mean, I had to watch it in the news because I have ba I have blocked Elon after I right. after I just got tired of it. I just got tired of it. So this was nice to see all all in one nice little ball of Jesus Christ. Would somebody take this guy's fingers away from him? I know. I know. Can this we get always, Can we get Elon a flip phone? This just always reminds me of my days when when social media first came out, working with bands, and I would just be like, no. You, you yeah. can't have access to your band's Twitter account. You cannot. No. No, 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 no <laughs> sir. It is a no. bad, bad idea. That is bad news. <laughs> oh, man. We shouldn't have had access to our own Twitter accounts, let alone a band. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. And speaking of bands, this actually – I put this in here because this has reminded me of a night that I had with you. Mm. Uh, this is a Twitter engineer says at least two bodyguards accompany Elon Musk around Twitter HQ, even to the restroom. Now, to me, this makes total I, I sense. I may not be a raging alcoholic like like you, but I have been known to imbibe. I I don't I don't recall an evening like this with us. This was uh, uh, the day it was December thirtieth in Chicago, where we were hanging out with the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, the New Year's Eve show, right? Yeah, and the night before, remember, we went out drinking with the band and hung out with um, who's the lead singer again? I forget, forget his name. Johnny. We we're hanging out with uh, Johnny. Mm -hmm. And Johnny had his bodyguard and I'd never oh, seen this. Yeah. We're all at this big giant table eating steaks and lobster and, you know, just being decadent shits. And he went up to go to the bathroom and his bodyguard got up and went with him. And you told me later, he's like, yeah, he has to do that because yeah. it's, you know, it could be dangerous for him in the bathroom if fans see him go in. And I'm like, oh, makes sense. So, uh, so I can understand why, you know, Elon would need this because 
you know, Elon has anti-fans. He doesn't have fans coming up to ask him for an autograph in the bathroom. <laughs> he true. has people coming up to shiv him in the back in the bathroom. He has people asking him if they're employed or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd figure he would hear the wheels of the wheelchairs sneaking up behind him going squeakity squeak. But I guess I guess he needs a bodyguard for that. I just thought it was it was it's interesting that he's uh, walking around Twitter with bodyguards. Um, yeah. But it. I, it makes sense to me because he is definitely – when you fire 80 percent of your staff, you're going to make some enemies, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to, got to break a few eggs to fuck up an omelet. Yeah, really. So – and even even he's he's doing the – you know, they're not quiet quitting. They're being quiet fired. <laughs> they don't even know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. do I – am I still here? And uh, which brings me to everybody being fired. Uh, this was a great article. How a single engineer brought down Twitter. Well, I, I would say how a single CEO brought down Twitter because he fired all the engineers. Yes. <laughs> it was just, you know, we have the fresh talent who can't get out of their H-1B visas who are yeah. stuck there. So the, the long and the short of it is Elon says, hey, we're spending too much money on this API. Let's turn off the API for everybody. Okay, great. Not realizing that, oh, 90% of the inside of Twitter is run by their own API. They eat their own dog food, which is how it generally works in tech mm -hmm. companies like this. You know, you build these APIs and then you you are your own customer for these APIs. And it's all about access lists and things like that on who can get to them. Well, one guy just screwed up the config file and it just took everything down. <laughs> and yep. I mean, what's happening now is what we predicted was going to happen sooner. You know, when we, we predicted this after the first round of firings, but it's finally, you know, the, the cows are coming home to roost. <laughs> Pretty sure those so, are chickens. Yeah. In Elon's case, they might be cows. Okay. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the pedos are coming home to roost. How's that? Yeah. I mean, uh, they're going to continue to have these problems. You, you just can't take – I don't – first off, we all know that Twitter was kind of gaffer taped together anyways. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and, and you just can't downsize that much. You just can't and expect something to continue to work. So. Yeah, you get – I mean, the way it works with these things is there's always one guy that knows everything. Mm -hmm. There's just one guy. And yeah. when, if you get rid of that guy on accident or on purpose, there's nobody else for them to go, you know, ask. You yeah. can't go ask the Oracle. And he used to be able to ask Slack, but he didn't pay his Slack bill, so he can't even ask Slack. And maybe so. you should have tried chat GPT. They could have fixed that code. Yeah, yeah. they do write code now. Mm -hmm. I, the last line in here I just love. Inside Twitter's HQ, however, the mood was almost light. We're laughing all the way down, says a current employee. <laughs> Like it's great. I mean, what else? What other choice do you have? You enjoy the ride, right? <laughs> yeah, as long as you're still getting a paycheck. But yep. hey, even if you're not getting a paycheck, you could probably still live there for free as long as you just kind of stay under your desk or whatever. Plenty of sleeping bags floating around that place. Yeah, there are. Yeah, mm -hmm. there are. Um, and just a little Twitter or not, not Twitter news, Tesla news now. Yep. Tesla can't catch a break here. Now they're being investigated because the steering wheels fall off. On some, some model wise missing um, a bolt <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i guess elon didn't pay the bolt bill over at tesla yeah. so yeah you'd think that somebody would have noticed that not that, that there was a screw loose somewhere <laughs> but yeah uh it's a, it's a very small subset of cars that have actually had the steering wheel fall off but yeah one isn't one is too many I, yeah. I would have to say one yeah, is too many. Just, you know, it's a bit like saying, you know, 95% of our planes operate flawlessly. Yeah. It's like that. Well, we're going to need a hundred here. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're looking for a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, it's like, it's like, okay, let's, let's put out a plane where the wings just randomly fall off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's, it's kind of a key component. <laughs> kind of a key component. The QC, like, uh, Shouldn't these things be checked as they roll off the line? I just he let that department go. Yeah, probably. So. Yeah, that department. They're, they're, who needs that stuff? Just have everybody work harder. Yeah, and we don't need we don't need to check anything. Sleep on the factory line. That'll solve this problem. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This is now we're getting into the realm of actual science fiction. <laughs> Researchers use AI to generate images based on people's brain activity. Mm -hmm. That's, Did you? Uh, yeah. I read it. Did you look at the pictures? I did. Oh my god! Yeah, that's kind of it's. It's not perfect by any stretch, but it's close enough to be kind of terrifying. It's yeah. <laughs> I recommend that everybody go check the link in the show notes. That'll be gog.show/slash-five ninety-two. Go click on the the link and look at the images and just 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 
me just just marvel at it for a second. First of all, I mean, two. I have two completely uh, competing thoughts in my brain about this. One, okay, how fucking cool. <laughs> yes, yes. And number two, we are rocketing towards that fucking sci-fi t- dystopia I've been reading about all my life. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm actually going to. I was actually going to talk about Stranger Things, not um, uh, Strange Days later in the show. This is getting close, getting close. And even if it's not exact, which it's not. It's still because memory's not exact anyway. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. But uh, this is kind of neat that they can take fMRI signals and kind of reconstitute it, running it back through the, you know, the diffusion algorithms to kind of reconstitute things. Yeah. And it, it, it reminded me a lot like ages ago in the like maybe 96 or 97. We had I was scanning a lot of images and I had kind of a shitty low res scanner. But what I found was, and this I think is kind of a lot of the the way a lot of this stuff works. If I take a scan or if I took a scan back then in mm-hmm. Photoshop and up it to the maximum that my little 2CI could handle, you know, take take that scan, res it up massively, apply a Gaussian blur to it, mm-hmm. then shrink it back down, the interpolation in the algorithm would actually make it look a lot better, which I, you know, I think that's kind of a standard practice nowadays, but this was like, you know, 96, 97 that I was doing this. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've, and I've used it forever. It was a great trick. And I think that, 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 that's where they get the, you know, some of this diffusion model. It's like makes everything very diffuse. And then you just keep removing the noise and resharpening everything until it kind of comes into, into play. Yeah. And, you know, that's a lot of what they're doing with this stuff. And it's just, it's crazy that they can do this from a fucking fMRI, you know yeah. well, I, 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 I'm, I'm excited for this one. I'm it, very excited. It is weird. It's, uh, you mentioned strange days. Uh, that actually came out in '95, uh, which is right around that same time period you were doing all your scanning, and uh, I just got to say, uh, I was at the rave that they used in that movie. No way. <laughs> yeah, Apex ten, twin played on top of like a tank or something like they, it, it was I'd finally made it to one of the dance scenes in a movie that 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 actually exists because as we all know, those scenes in movies are wildly inaccurate of what any club is actually like. But since I was in the movie set for the rave, it actually looked like that. So it's cool. That's very cool. That's very cool. I always think about the, uh, the uh, club scene in the matrix where (laughs) that thing is just like, yeah, no, that was bad. That was really bad. I mean, that's what, that's how solar punks party. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Oh God! But it, this is fun. It's fun. It's it is definitely strange days with this stuff. Um, and uh, somebody wants to give L.A. a Boston Dynamics robot dog spot, right? Okay. Fortunately for us, we are not San Francisco, <laughs> and out of the gate, everybody decided this is a bad idea. We do not want spot in our neighborhood. So. It was shot down, like the city council shot it down, but they've decided to just take a few days to kind of mull it over and see if they can kind of get the public on board so they can get their free dog. But no dogs, please. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private Internet Access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, Private Internet Access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one Private Internet Access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Media Candy. Well, let's start uh, with last night's uh, Picard. Um, we will go spoiler-free, I think. Uh, but, well, I wrote you, Jason, right after I finished watching it. What did you think? Um, wow. That was good. We finally got the <laughs> Picard we were waiting for. And dare I say, it is probably the finest hour of Star Trek we've had in 20 or 30 years. It was pretty fucking good. It was it pretty was really fucking good. good. <laughs> yep. It was pretty fucking good. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they they unconned it. That's for sure. <laughs> they they did. I I'm a little sad because it, I it, I'm starting to think we're only going to get uh, Marina Sirtis in TV screens for the entire season instead yeah, of actually in person. Like but uh, wow, that was a good episode. Really good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Uh, speaking of not so good Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery is ending with season five next year. Well, that's good news. Yes, I agree. <laughs> that's pretty good news. Uh, I didn't mind it. They had their run. They shot their shot. Did not care too much for it. It was. It's still Star Trek. Ish. Is it? Ish. Is it? <laughs> and uh, but I, I mean, what are they going to do now? They've they've flung themselves so far into the future. Are they going to? Ch- and they seem stuck. They they don't know what to do anymore. So time to let it end. Yeah, please, pretty please. Now, I, I read this, I read this article that you you linked in here, mm-hmm. and uh, I quote here: "As the Hollywood Reporter notes, the series currently holds the distinction for being the longest running drama on Paramount Plus so far. Its debut back in 2017 led to record sign up numbers for the streaming service, then known as CBS All Access. Well." Because it was the first fucking show on the network, you goddamn assholes. Yeah, it would be hard for anything <laughs> to have run longer. It would be very difficult for mm-hmm. anything to have run longer. Yes. Oh, got in the record sign-up numbers? Well, because it was the first, first show day. they had. That they, yep. uh, One is bigger than zero. It's a record. It's a record. It's a record. <laughs> okay, what else we got? I saw some news that's going to make you happy. John Bernthal is returning as the Punisher for Daredevil the Born Again series. That's coming out. Yes, I did like this, um, and I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool that it's going to be 18 episodes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Charlie Cox was like, how many? <laughs> this is going to be hard. I'm sad uh, that they're not bringing back uh, the redhead and the foggy guy, unfortunately. I know. That, that really – me out. That was my next point. It's like, oh, two of my favorite characters aren't coming yeah. back. Or they're being you know? recast. We don't know. I would prefer that they just not bring them back instead of recasting them because there's no reason to recast them. If they're going to if they're going to have them have the people back. But yep. uh, well, you win some, you lose some. But either way, I love Daredevil. It'll be fun. Uh, did you watch Chris Rock's selective outrage? No. Oh, one the one one of the few people who didn't watch. Mm-mm. It was good. It was good. I, I like I like Chris Rock. He was uh, I'd say he was 80 percent of his at his best. Um uh, I'm a fan. I just, uh, you know, I just wasn't around when it was on. And now it seems like I've read everything I need to read about it. So why bother watching it? 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's still good. I mean, it's still a good good stand-up special. Um, I, I, it was interesting that they saved all of the, you know, the Will Smith and Jada stuff to the very end because I don't think he he had actually said that stuff in many live performances. Everybody was saying, oh, he screwed up a joke that he's been doing for months. I'm like, I don't think he's been doing that for months. I think that was what that was the Netflix money shot. paid all the money for, yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> They're like, we're going to give you all of the monies, but just save that joke. And that's why he screwed it up. But uh, he saved it. It was good. Uh, all right. But cool. I dug it. I dug it. Well, Apple's throwing a bucket of cash at another post-apocalyptic drama. Uh, this is a book that we've actually read on the show and reviewed and enjoyed greatly. Silo, which is based on Hugh Howey's series of books, will debut on Apple TV Plus on May 5th. So I watched the trailer for it. It looks pretty good. Um, it seems like they're not going to do a foundation, which isn't foundation at all except in, in name. It looks like they're actually going to follow the the book series in and of itself, which is good. I'm I'm very intrigued. I don't remember much beyond the first book. I do remember reading one of the books. I got like halfway through it and stopped stopped reading. It was like the prequel yeah. where they were talking about how the silos were made. And I was just like, this is boring. Yeah, um, that wasn't so great. I don't think that they're going to do that. But uh, there were two or three that followed after the first one, which kept going with it, which were not bad. But I mean, obviously, the the first one's the big the big story. So. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm interested in watching Apple TV is, has really kind of been hitting it out of the park recently with a lot of their shows. So, yeah. Uh, what's the what's the one with uh, Harrison Ford that you uh, like so much? Shrinking, I think something about that. It's some play on psychologists. Yeah, I was thinking I think shrinkage, but that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. Uh, whole yeah, different shrinking thing. is fantastic. Uh, you know, we, we've got slow dogs, which is fantastic. I mean, yep. they just really quietly come along and just like have all the prestige shows now ted lasso's back in in a week or two so yeah they had severance which was a big hit i guess but i, just, I, I tried to watch for. it it's I, hard yeah I just, it's really hard <laughs> it's like watching uh, uh david fincher like everything is like this monotone color scheme that just kind of starts to bum you out and you just start feeling more and more depressed as you're watching it emotionally yeah i don't know couldn't the thing of the thing about Severance is they spend seven episodes like really teasing very late little bits here and there, which is like seven hours of like, would you get to the fucking point? <laughs> and then on, on the eighth episode, they really kind of you know they break it wide open, and then you find out what you know what the hell's going on with everything. Right. But it's a long squeeze for a little tiny bit of juice. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got sick of squeezing well before I got any juice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the first episode is 15 minutes of them walking down hallways. It's like, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> it's like, I think it's one of those things. It's like the old Zay Frank, uh, the show where he would just do something really boring and inane at the beginning of the episodes. And he'd be like, are the new users gone yet? <laughs> so it's reminded me of that quite a bit. Right. Uh, Perry Mason season two is back. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the first season of Perry Mason. Um, cause it's got, uh, Matt Rise in it from yeah. the Americans. Yes. He, we saw the trailer came on for Perry Mason season two. My wife looked at me and went, yeah, the Americans, that really was a great show, wasn't it? And that's as far as we've gotten with Perry Mason. Uh, well, the, the first season of Perry Mason was phenomenal. Highly okay. recommend it. Um, cause it's, it's pre lawyer days and it's like a whole crazy new story, but it was really, really, really good. I mean, mm -hmm. it was really good. So I, I have high hopes for season two. Um, Godfather of Harlem season three is out, which I didn't even realize. I kept seeing ads and I thought they were just doing reruns of season one and two uh, because it used to say coming on stars. Well, it's not on stars anymore. Uh, I think Amazon got the rights because it's on MGM plus, which oh. I like to which I like to call BitTorrent. <laughs> that's where I have to get it from, <laughs> which I like to call Bond and a couple other things. That's it. It was Bond <laughs> and the Godfather of Harlem now. That's. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because AMC Plus had Interview with a Vampire. Oh, did you ever watch that? By the way, no, I never did. It was always on my list, and then I was like, I don't know how I can get AMC, and I don't want to pay, pay for, for it. it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that, yeah, I'm paying for enough already. Thank you very much. And <laughs> well, here's the thing with Apple TV Plus, or just an Apple TV, you can uh, get the seven day free trial and just binge the whole thing in a couple days. I have a six year old. There's no such thing as that kind of binging anymore. God, he's six Unless it's now? Bluey. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe your kid's six. I know. God, this show's going to be 10 in two weeks. Ugh. You didn't even have a kid. Wow. Oh, the good old days. The good old days. Well, Godfather season or Godfather of Harlem season three. Uh, I think it's on episode seven now. I'm going to go back and catch those because Godfather of Harlem is also awesome. 
a great show, not very sci-fi or tech in any way, <laughs> shape or form. But I, I, I mean, it's worth watching just for the guy that they got to play Malcolm. I was going to say Malcolm Gladwell, but Malcolm X. I thought you were going to say Malcolm in the middle. No, it could be that too. Uh, it's really good, really good. Um, now, there's another podcast that I actually started listening to, which is don't, – now, don't judge me, Brian. It's a TMZ podcast called Last Days. That's not what I'm surprised about. What are you I'm surprised, surprised about? I'm surprised that you're listening to anything that involves sports. It has nothing to do with sports. Okay. <laughs> it's all about dead people. Uh, it's it's uh, basically the last days of ex-celebrity. So um, that guy, Paul from The Fast and the Furious, was Paul Walker? Is that his name? Something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. he, yeah. Um, basically, it, it gives you the actual scoop on what killed them. So basically, crappy old tires is what killed that guy. Uh, Amy Winehouse. Yeah, she drank too much. She's dead. Um, I thought – but the, the nice thing is you get like the final the final tally because I thought she quit drinking and then uh, basically just had a little bit to drink and then died. You know, like the dead cat bounce thing where it's like, Oh, no. No, no. She she blew a – well, she didn't blow because she was dead already. Uh, she had a 4 point – or a point four one in her system with three bottles of – three bottles of – three empty bottles of vodka in her place. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. Uh, yeah, um, that's epic. <laughs> that is epic. Uh, and uh, I'm waiting for the James Gandolfini one. That's coming up soon. But uh, the Robin Williams one was really good, too. So I just like them because they're short. They get to the point and they just give you the straight backstory. So if right. you if you knew a little bit about it, like I did, like, you know, just just hearing about it here and there in the media, this just takes everything, sums it up in a short, quick, well done podcast. So it's a, it's a good listen. It's a good short listen. I liked it. Very cool. I watched uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And? I I know that this movie was um, supposed to be infused with an awful lot of meaning um, mm -hmm. for many reasons that I will not get into. Uh, but Thank you. But <laughs> in, in reality, it's just another fucking stupid MCU movie. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> that's all it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's I, – I mean, I thought Black Panther was pretty good. Uh, wasn't fantastic. This it was one is nowhere MCU. near as good as the first one at all. Oh, okay. Well, not then even I'll close. Skip it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with the MCU. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't mind the first one either. I thought it was, it was okay. It was, it was sufficiently different enough from all the other MCUs. But you exactly, know, this, one, this one is is not. It is, it fits right in with all the rest of these dumb movies. I'm totally over the movies. Some of the shows, the the TV shows are all right because they're not as fantastical and insane. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward go. to Loki coming back. I like that one. Um, yep. Even though you hated the ending, I like the ending. <laughs> I did hate the ending. <laughs> um, who knows if Hawkeye is going to come back since Jeremy Renner got run over by his own snowplow. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and, of course, She-Hulk. She-Hulk was great. Yeah, She-Hulk was great. I, I do like the shows. Uh, watched History of the World Part 2. How'd that go? You know what? It's dumb fun. All it right. Is, like... If you grew up watching Mel Brooks and Monty Python and silly, dumb, stupid humor like that, he nails it. It's exactly what you'd expect. And I found myself rolling laughing a couple times. Like, okay, I know the world has moved on and certainly comedy has moved on. You have to be edgy, Mark Marone, kind of like, you know, not really all that funny, funny. Uh, this is old school, dumb, funny. And they, it's, it's great. I, I much like a, what was that crunk of on the earth or whatever that yeah. we watched that I talked about. And I said, you don't binge it. Same yeah. thing. Watch okay. each episode, go away, do something else for a long time and then come back to it. <laughs> and come back to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get into that crunk show. I tried it. It just didn't do it for me, but yeah. I'll try this one because I like yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's what you'd expect. And Mel Brooks does all the narration. So, which is nice. That's good. Uh, is Max in it at all? Because his son, I, I like his son a lot. His son, no, son I haven't seen stuff. him. Like, I've only watched two because I'm following my own rule. Like, I, I'm going to wait another week before watching another one. So, I haven't seen him yet. I don't know if he's going to be in it or not. All right. Cool. I'll check it out. Ups and doodads. Brian, we were talking about ring doorbells last week and yep. just general doorbells. And uh, you said you got the Nest doorbell. Yep. I would check your check your EULA on that to see if it matches the ring EULA because turns out that there are some loopholes in those EULAs that uh, let law enforcement just get whatever they want no matter what. Of course there are. <laughs> of course there are. 
Oh God, yes. There's an article uh, over on Politico that talks about the uh, the pri- the privacy loopholes where they can actually subpoena your video footage, all of it, and uh, just willy nilly take it. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's this guy who uh, this guy Michael Larkin who lived next to a drug dealer or an alleged drug dealer. Yes, and the cops were trying to build a case on the guy, so they you know subpoenaed the footage from the neighbors. Well. For some reason, they were given all the footage from inside this guy's house. Um, okay. But apparently this is something that can happen to anybody with ring cameras. Well, let me tell you something. If if you value your privacy and don't have a bunch of cameras inside your own house that are saved on a cloud somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, because the thing is, I mean, they're they're calling out Ring on this, but I'm pretty sure this is anything that has a cloud service attached to it. That yeah, get I'm, to. I'm sure it is as well. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of doing this kind of plausible deniability in my own head with my door camera, and that I'm just not thinking about it too much. But uh, yeah, but first off, it only points outside. I don't have anything pointing inside. It's so if they want to subpoena videos of of Amazon delivering things to me in snowy weather, by all means, enjoy it. Uh, I also have turned off an awful lot of the, the features. Like I, I, I don't need to keep video of the 30 seconds anytime somebody pushes my doorbell. I just don't. So, Yeah. Well, see, I mean, and that's the funny thing about my ring camera is like I don't get the video of them coming up to the door, pressing the doorbell and standing there. I get the video of them walking away <laughs> because that's that's how good ring is. Yeah. It's like if, if I if, if it had ass detection, it'd be perfect. I could figure out who, who it was. But you can just uh, run that through the, the uh, FRMI machine and reconstruct the person. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Let's look it up. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, I, I've taken most of those cameras. I actually have taken all the cameras out of the inside of my house because my roommate is smarter than I am. And she's like, no, that yeah. was it. That was it. That no. was the discussion. No, no. But, but I want to see the dogs when I'm gone. No, I just, no, no, I don't no. get to see the dogs. No. Put it in, put an air tag on them. You'll know where they are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure they're okay. Right. But you know, I'm just a softie that way. Yeah. Uh, just a softie that doesn't value your privacy. I get it. No, I don't. I don't really care if the cops want to see <laughs> that. Well, they're, they're sick bastards anyway. Oh, man. Meta. Meta has announced that they are cutting the prices of their VR headsets. Yes, because that's what you do when you have a large supply of shit that nobody wants. Yeah, kind of like Yeezys or those <laughs> Funko things. <laughs> uh, so they dropped uh, the Quest Pro by 500 and mm-hmm. 70 bucks on the Quest 2. Yeah. And uh, still not flying off the shelves, I'm betting. Nope, probably not. It's funny. I got a I got a chat from a friend of the show, Rob Fogarty, uh, mm-hmm. this morning. He's like, "Hey, I want to hang out with you on on in VR. I'm having fun." I'm like, "You should try it." I'm like, "Oh, I got to go find it and plug it in and charge it and <laughs> all that good stuff." But uh, I'm gonna try it again since I have somebody to try it with. I got the dart game, so we're gonna try and play some darts, I guess. But, okay. Uh, we'll see how long it takes before I get queasy. But the the problem with me playing darts is the best time when I was playing darts was I was two beers in and then I could never, never miss. I was about to say, this is probably a good thing for you if you wish to play darts, because I don't really know where else in the world one goes except for bars to play darts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still a little fresh in my sobriety to be yeah. hitting the bars. So, you know, stick with the virtual darts. I think it's wise. Yes, yes. I can have a virtual Guinness, mm-hmm. a.k.a. some tea. Yeah. <laughs> but... Give it a shot. I'll let you know how that goes because I'm kind of interested to try it again because I got new I got new glasses so I can actually use it. That was the big problem is like I could never get it adjusted just right so I could actually see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think with my new glasses, it should be good. So I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Uh, I talked on the show before about my Opal C1 webcam that mm-hmm. I got and I love it. It's a great little camera. And my friend was asking me, it's like, hey, what what kind of camera should I get? I wanted like a high quality webcam that I don't have to get a DSLR and all the crap that goes along with it. I'm like, oh, check out the Opal. So he did. But then he went a step further and did a little bit more due diligence on the current state of webcams. And he found one that is actually $1 cheaper than the Opal. The Opal C1 comes in at 300 bucks because it's got like a Sony 4K HD sensor in it and uh, all that. Uh, this is the Insta360 Link. Okay. It's on a gimbal and it's controllable and it's got a bigger sensor. It does cooler stuff, way cooler stuff. And like I said, it's a buck cheaper. It's $299. It is awesome. It is a fantastic 
fantastic webcam. I have to say it does beat the Opal C1 on a few major features. One is whiteboard mode. You can actually put these little L stickers uh, on your whiteboard and do a hand gesture. It says it uses AI. No, it's just fucking recognition, whatever. Um, but then it'll point it at the at your whiteboard and just zoom in on it and just show the whiteboard so you can draw on it and stuff like that. It does the follow you around the room stuff, like all that stuff. But it's also got a desk mode where it can where it will just point down on your desk and do like the keystoning, like the anti-keystoning for you. Mm-hmm. So you can do like little demos on your desk and stuff. It's really cool for the price. And the like the sensor's bigger, the video is better, and uh it doesn't have some of the cool features that the Opal has. Like the Opal, you can do like uh, introduce Boca to the background and stuff like that. But um, for the price, I would I would definitely recommend the Insta360 Link over the Opal C1 at this point. So, and the microphone's pretty good too. So, because right. I set it, I set up my that 80 inch Amazon Fire TV. I set that thing up as a Zoom station. So, which is the coolest Zoom station in the world, I gotta say. It is massive. So you put that camera on top of the TV and then you can sit on the couch and you can move it around the room and zoom and stuff like that. I recommend – I think I'm going to get one of these for the house and put it on my TV in my room so when I'm doing my my other stuff, I can just have a zoom set up. Like, I, it's like we're, we're in the future. It's like having, you know, really nice video conferencing in your home for pretty cheap. All right. Now, Brian, we talked about the Bing bot last week yep. and so has everybody in the world. I have tried it. I've been using it. It's Oh, yeah? pretty cool the the upside of the bing bot mm-hmm. is you can put in a url and say hey please summarize this which you can't do with chat gpt you have to copy the copy the copy put right. it in and you only get a few hundred characters um but with the bing bot you can just say hey please summarize this and put in a url give it takes a second goes pulls it and comes back with a really nice well done summarization of cool. the article i dig it so that's you know that's happening we know right. that's happening DuckDuckGo has gotten in on the game too. So now they have I'm not I'm I, I'm not making this up. It's called Duck Assist. <laughs> oh God. Yes. It sounds they're... like something you download in the Matrix. <laughs> Duck Assist. What the fuck are they thinking? <laughs> so what they're doing is they're using OpenAI's GPT yeah, stuff yeah, to yeah. summarize uh your queries, your search queries. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is they actually constrained the sources to Wikipedia and Britannica. Okay. Because God knows nothing on Wikipedia has ever been wrong, Brian. (laughs) It's at least an attempt. It is an attempt. They're not pulling in 4chan. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, round of applause, I suppose. (laughs) Slow clap. Slow clap. Uh, But duck assist, really? Come on. Well, um, you know, they're kind of locked and loaded with the duck thing. Yeah. Well, Brave is doing the same exact thing. Yes. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, but they've they've called theirs the Summarizer. Okay. <laughs> Which is just a really bad B-grade movie title. Uh, the Summarizer. <laughs> well, uh, but- it's not limited to just browsers jason we are getting uh chat gpt enabled ai summaries everywhere with the help of open ai discord is adding conversation summaries using their bot clyde clyde right turn clyde (laughs) (laughs) yeah and slack has added a chat gpt app as well uh they are also for summarizing conversations and threads according to slack so you can hit the button and at the end of it it'll come back with yes bob everybody thinks you're an asshole (laughs) Uh, unless you work at twitter then you don't get access to it (laughs) yes that's how you find out you've been fired yeah chat gpt have i been fired (laughs) (laughs) so slack's parent company salesforce has created their own generative ai system called einstein which is actually if you're going to go for naming i I, that's pretty good actually a little arrogant Uh, but uh, a little arrogant (laughs) and i'm sure it's not that smart but you know that's better than duck or what a duckery or whatever the (laughs) fuck they call that one duckery yes duck assist (laughs) duck assist and the summarizer go up against einstein and bard (laughs) great (laughs) it's crazy though i mean when i've i've trying to been trying to wrap my head around this like as you as you mentioned we're a couple weeks off from having done this show for 10 years i don't remember anything exploding as quickly as this has 
in the not 10 years blockchain. we've been talking about tech. Yeah, yeah not, not blockchain, blockchain, not Bitcoin, nothing. Nothing has gone as fast as this and been adopted in so many places and just been like everywhere. It's crazy. It is crazy because it's that cool. It is that cool. Yeah, it's just not perfect. And people are treating it as if it's a finished product that they're yeah, incorporating that's... into everything. <laughs> what could possibly go yeah, wrong? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? At least we know what we're going to be talking about for the next 10 years. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. We can just generate it. We don't have to talk about it. It's perfect. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Chat GPT-7, write me a show. <laughs> Um, and it's something that has not also been uh, adopted as quickly as ChatGPT is Mastodon because everybody's leaving the tweets. Yeah. Uh, I talked about Ivory, the Mastodon mm -hmm. client, when Dave was here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I miss Dave. He needs to come back. Uh, so I put a put a thing out. I'm like, okay, whatever. What's everybody using for their iOS client? And because I was checking out another one called Ice Cubes that someone on uh, the Mastodon told me about. It's really nice. It's actually a really nice client. And the guy who wrote it, Thomas Record, mm -hmm. has a making of blog post that I put in the, the show notes. It's worth a, a quick glance at to show how he made it. Um, but it's a really nice, well, full-featured client. So I recommend checking that. I'm going back and forth between Ivory and Ice Cubes because Ivory just came out with a big update that actually lets you create a Mastodon account from the actual app now, which is really good for onboarding people who don't know shit about Mastodon. Yep. Problem is they're going to end up on a server they probably don't want to be on. <laughs> so um, I'm, I've been hanging out on Hackaderm and just watching the main feed go by because there's only like 18 or 19,000 people on that instance. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty small. It's pretty geeky. It's all about hacking different things. So it's it's interesting. It's actually fun to read the the you know the full fire hose of toots that come on by. So I can't believe they called it fucking toots. <laughs> but uh, it's I'm, I'm enjoying massive. Like it's, I just put it on and just like glance at it every now and again. Um, and I'm slowly porting people who put their mastodon handle in their Twitter uh, bios. Mm -hmm. I just go grab those now and slot them in. So I have people over since everybody is seems to be moving away from twitter i just post my wordle account or my wordle score i got a two yesterday by the way brian i was pretty pr i was pretty proud of myself congratulations um, thanks um i still play it every day i just it's don't fun. post about it yeah i just post about it cause it's the only <laughs> thing that i'm posting about on twitter it's that i post about this show and my wordle score that's all that's left um but uh check out ivory or ice cubes if you've got uh, ios if you're or join me and don't you can do that too. You yeah. can also do that. But I, I think Dave's analogy of it being like old school news groups is really mm -hmm. accurate. The more I'm, the more I'm hanging out in there, it is. It's just random cool stuff from cool people. Uh, if you're on a server, you kind of know what they're going to be talking about. So it's neat. It, I, I find it neat. All right. At the library. I finally finished the second book by Greg Jenner. I had read his uh, the kind of amusing history one previously and really liked it. Uh, so I picked up another one. Dead Famous, An Unexpected History of Celebrity from Bronze Age to Silver Screen. Yeah, this one was a bit more difficult for me. Uh, I guess I just didn't like the subject matter as much as I like history. Uh, mm. I don't really care about you know somebody that was vaguely popular in the 1700s and how it relates to the Kardashians anymore. But <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's got all got to tie back in to the Kardashians. Somehow. It kind of really does. Like, they, he could have called this "All Things Kardashian." All things lead to Kardashian. All roads lead to Kardashian. I'm workshopping right now for him. I don't know why, um, but I do really like his voice. Like, I like the way he writes. I like his humor. I like his style. Apparently, he has a podcast and he's done some things for kids. So I'm really going to research this guy more. The The book was a bit of a miss for me, but just subject matter wise, like he seems like a great guy. I would totally go play darts with him at a bar with a real beer. OK, yeah. a real bar, not a VR bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I've started to read a book called Proust in the Squid, the story and science of the reading brain by Marianne Wolfe. I, I'm I'm just getting started on it. I found it through uh, the Cal Newport podcast, Deep Questions, uh, episode 238. He was talking about it and doing some uh, excerpts from it. It sounds really interesting. 
And it comes from a neuroscientist and developmental psychologist background. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot about dyslexia in there and things like that, which I haven't gotten to yet. I, I'm just talking about it now because I think this is something that might be up your alley because mm-hmm. it's psychology, it's reading, it's all this stuff about different things. But the the really interesting thing is how our brains are trained to read screens versus pages, mm-hmm. like like solid pages. And it's fascinating. There's a fascinating difference. Like when we're looking at a screen, we're basically skimming to find relevant results quickly because that's what we've been trained to do thanks to the internet. Mm-hmm. And when you actually read a book, it accesses different parts of your brain and you 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 take in more information, but um, there's a lot more processing going on. It's really kind of interesting stuff. So I'm going to finish it by next week. I'll have a full proper review of it. But what I've read so far, I'm really, really digging as well as the stuff that I heard on Cal's podcast that was really, really cool. So Okay. Um, so I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this, particularly since this is a book about actually reading physical pages. Are you listening to an audiobook? Are you reading this on Kindle or are you reading a real book? I'm I'm not reading a real book. I'm actually reading it on my Kindle, not the Kindle yeah. app. Gotcha. I busted out my regular Kindle, my <laughs> Kindle Paperwhite, and I've been reading on that recently because I, I, I find that taking notes on that are pretty are, – are much nicer for me because um, of the – just the form factor I really like. And that, speaking of, have you seen the Kindle Scribe? I have not, no. It's massive. It is a massive Kindle that is kind of like um, – I think it's supposed to be kind of like a hybrid between an iPad and a Kindle. So because it comes with a stylus and you can draw and take notes and things like that. Remarkable. That's the thing that I I think it it reminded me of the most. That remarkable tablet that you see everywhere that's like 600 bucks. I'm looking at this and this this is a Kindle I would actually use. I've not been swayed by any of the models. This I actually like, but I don't $400 like it. Yeah, see, that's the problem. I don't four hundred dollars <laughs> like it either. I, I like you know. I think I like two forty nine like it. That's like about. I might as well just get an iPad and run their app on it. See, but that's the thing. It's like I like. I really like the e ink. Like reading yeah. off of e ink is much easier on my eyes, and I I cannot. I don't get as tired when I read off of a Kindle as when I do on an iPad. Right. And also, there isn't Clash Royale waiting behind the Kindle app <laughs> to go play when you're on the Kindle, you know, which is yeah. a really big – It's a, that's a really big selling point for me. Yeah, I, I used to be a lot better about it. Now I struggle more. Like when I'm reading on my iPad, I will find myself like launching Facebook or launching Twitter or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be reading right now. Damn it. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. So if the price comes down on that thing, I'm, I'll probably pick it up because the, the problem I have with my Paperwhite now is – since I am getting older, the the words have to get larger for me to read them. And there's like four words on the paper white because the thing is tiny. It is like smaller than an iPad mini, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you can read smaller letters, but I have to use the dyslexy font, which is right. kind of a fatter, bigger font anyway. And I need to make the words bigger because I'm old and blind. So uh, that's why I think this thing – because it's big. It's like a 10.5-inch screen. And – it does look cool, though, doesn't it? It does. It's just it's just too damn expensive. <laughs> GOG.show slash donate. Yeah. Please Somebody buy a four hundred dollar do- $800 donation, please, so we can both get one. Thank you. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Stephen and Nelson. Welcome, folks. Thank you. And over at PayPal, we've got David, Benjamin, Alexander, and Ralph. Thank you Woo-hoo. all so much. And over at the tip jar, we've got Nick, Linda, and Jeff. So we appreciate all of the contributions that come in. And just a reminder that if you do sign up for Patreon, you do get the show a little bit early and you do get it in high res and add 4D chat GPT summaries. (laughs) Well, to, to, to clarify what the high res is, it is not in, you know, super Dolby Atmos. You do get it at 192 kilobits a second and at 48K sample rates. So you can hear all of our dulcet tones if you want them. All right. We have a new five-star review from Bruce Grobel, Grobla, in, Grobla. In, in Great Britain. Brilliant hosts. I've been listening to the show for a number of years now. Actually, before I read any further, I just wanted to say I have seen the light. AI is the future. Elon Musk is a bona fide genius. I'm telling you, man, 11 <laughs> steps ahead of us in chess. 
Yeah. That's what's happening. And I'm going to sell my positions to buy an NFT of Donald Trump. Anyway, back to the review. Blah, blah, blah. Some lefty liberal nonsense. Not going to give this the time of day. If this was a real <laughs> review, it would say Jason and Drunk Brian in the same room is 100 times better than the regular serving we get. But the regular serving is 100 times better than anything out there. So, Deliveroo. Deliveroo! <laughs> I'm going to have to wait for summer for Drunk Brian in the same room. And actually, that's only if Jason's okay with that because I don't want to. Oh, you can be drunk as you sobriety. want. Yeah, you guys, you guys can be as drunk as you want. <laughs> Fine by me. Um, thank you, uh, Bruce Grobla. Uh, Quibble writes in, has a question for us. Perhaps a dumb question, but I'm wondering if there's any software available that could let you know if any three-letter agencies have accessed someone's personal info. I've looked around a bit myself, but was unable to find anything I could fully trust. Thanks for any feedback. Yes, it's called the Honeypot app. <laughs> Actually, I just think it's called the Internet. <laughs> Yeah, nothing like that exists, Quibble. Uh, try the dark web. You can try the In dark which web. Case, but you can guarantee that people have looked at you. Yeah, I, I just just assume that they have. Yeah. You know, seriously, just assume that they're looking. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, R.I.P. Tom Sizemore. I really like Tom. Yeah, uh, me too. He was in Strange Days, speaking he of. Was in, yes, he was. That's what he was in Strange Days. He was in Heat, Black Hawk Down. And of course, he was Sergeant Horvath in Saving Private Ryan, my favorite role of his. Yeah. But uh, yes, he will be missed. Uh, he had a he had a very similar path, it seems, that I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Which makes me a little scared. But uh, anyway, yes, Tom, you will be missed. And uh, I saw this and I, I wanted to put it in here because I thought it was interesting. A Privacy Hero's Final Wish, an institute to redirect AI's future. This comes uh, on the heels of Peter Eckersley, who died back in September last year. And I think we covered it when we he did. died mm -hmm. because he was a, he was a no joke kind of guy. Yep. You know, uh, half of the web would not be – most of the web probably wouldn't be encrypted because, without him because he was one of the founders of Let's Encrypt that gives you the free certificates for your yep. website. Mm -hmm. I think I have probably 50 of those things on all my <laughs> websites that are still out there because it's easy to do. It's free. So Peter was – he was a real fucking hero for the internet as far as I'm concerned. But before he died, he was trying to get people to take up the the mantle for his quote-unquote institute to really put some guardrails on AI and make sure that it doesn't destroy the world. And, you know, good. I that's that's a cool way to go out, I guess, you know. Yeah. Say, hey, look, I'm not going to be around, but can you guys keep an eye on this thing? <laughs> you, you know, I left it on the stove. It's still going. But can you check it every now and again to make sure it doesn't boil over? That's yeah. kind of what he did. So and people good are taking him. him up on it. So it's good. It's good. But finally, after everything we've talked about, Brian, and this comes mm -hmm. back to you saying that you've never seen a technology get adopted this fast mm -hmm. in our 10 years of doing the show. Mm -hmm. A uh, great little article by Evan Armstrong. And this is a little bit – this is actually a month old, so it was very prescient. It says, AI looks like a bubble. Like, well, if it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck. It might just be a duck. That's a, um, the duckanizer. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> if it walks like a duck, duck, go, it might be a duck, duck, go. Uh, good read. But yes, we all, it, you, the, the title tells you everything that you need to know, except it doesn't look like a bubble. It is totally a bubble. <laughs> It is totally 100% a bubble. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just from an investor's standpoint. Everybody's oh, throwing all their money at it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but people are wasting money like no tomorrow right now. It's great. Yeah. I, I just want, where'd they get it all? I thought they wasted it all on Bitcoin and it all went away. But <laughs> these are the people that got their Bitcoin out in time. <laughs> these are the people that, that got all the money out of FTX. That, exactly. <laughs> before it shut down. Until yeah. next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoyed the show, visit GOG.show slash donate. Drop us 400 bucks a shot so we can get some of those Kindles, please. And uh, you can also help keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 592. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel. If you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans, you can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy.